0: Black Wealth Matters, Episode 1, Queen Latifah.
1: I remember my bank book and my mom opening a savings account for my brother and I as kids. And we got to put a little bit in that bank book and look at what was in our savings account. And Then you grow up and you realize, wait, that's not the account that we should have had this money in. You know, we should have had it in a different account that was earning interest, or we should have maybe been investing.
0: Queen Latifah made her first big splash onto the music scene at age 19 with the release of her hit rap single, Ladies First. For the next three decades, she would go on to build a multifaceted and dynamic career as a musician, actor, producer, philanthropist, and blazing a trail for other Black female artists. In our conversation, which you can also watch at somoneypodcast.com, Queen shared some of the financial lessons experienced while growing up, as well as building her business. She shared some ideas on how we can promote more equality in the workplace and help close the racial wealth gap. I caught up with Queen Latifa as she was on the press tour for the Queen Collective, her latest endeavor, which provides opportunities for women of color and film to tell their stories from their viewpoint. The mentoring and development program is in collaboration with Tribeca Studios and Procter and Gamble. Queen Latifah, welcome to So Money. It's such an honor to have you here. Thank you for having me. Okay, just want to say before we get started, I want Queen Latifah every day, all day. I really miss your talk show. Those were the days.
1: Oh, I know. We we, we missed that joy in the middle of the day, huh?
0: It was nice. It was a nice uh, departure, but it's nice to have you here. I know you have so much on your plate, and I want to just dive right into the Queen Collective. This is an outstanding program in its second year; very exciting. A joint partnership uh, between you, Tribeca Studios, Procter and Gamble, giving mm-hmm. women of color in film the opportunity to tell authentic stories from their viewpoints. Tell us how this opportunity first came into play. This is awesome.
1: Uh, well, we were doing there was a big uh, women's summit in in uh, Manhattan, and um, uh Mark Pritchard and I both sat on the panel. And when it was all over, it was it was a huge success with a lot of really, really important people and just of course regular people. But uh when it was all over, Mark and I looked at each other and I was like, man, Mark, we gotta do something. And he was like, You're right, you know, we 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 have to do something together. And um, and so we decided to we, we came to him with this idea of the Queen Collective, where we would give an opportunity to uh, um, a female director to have her film made, financed and, 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 and have her story told. Because the problem is that um, only 10 percent of the commercials that you see um, are directed by women, less 10 percent or less. Um, of the media you see is directed by women. And it's really important that, um, you know, Mark felt very strongly about, we wanna see uh, that they wanted to see a hundred percent and we wanna see a hundred percent of women and girls portrayed accurately. And it's gonna be impossible to do that if you don't have women telling the story. If you don't have women behind that camera, if you don't have women as part of that crew, if you don't have women as producers, um, to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've all watched some commercial along the way or some movie and we're like, huh? It just seems so far fetched that it would ever even make it that far, you know? Um, but when there's not a woman behind that lens, you know, to say, hang on, let me do this, let's do that, let's change this, now that that feels real, you know, um, then you know what the difference is. So, um, so we partnered with Tribeca, of course we partnered with Procter & Gamble and we uh we partnered with Tribeca who has a long history of supporting women directors and has a huge uh, amount of 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 treatments that people were able to submit and they they have curated. Um so we were able to tap into into their sort of machine if you will over there. And um they have supplied not just um Not just treatments and not just stories to tell, but also the mentorship that comes along with it. So you get to make your movie, have it paid for, have it supported and have your have and be mentored every step of the way. That's something that is so important. Um, And then have it and then to have it distributed.
0: Access to money is often so much of the hurdle, but then w- when you're talking about women, especially women of color, you're you're chasing money in the context of racism and sexism, right? And so, how do you? Where do you even begin to fight that fight? Do you attack the racism first, the sexism, and then go for the money? Like how how did you do it? And what in some, in terms of mentorship, how are you mentoring these these uh, startup filmmakers, these female filmmakers?
1: I don't think you I don't think we have the luxury of of attacking things one at a time. Yeah. Not not when it's hitting you all the time. Um, And I think you start in the you start in the mirror. You have to start with yourself. I think you have to start with some self-examination and to make sure and to see what's been what's affected you and what's affected your um, view of things. You know, how do you look at your fellow co-workers? How do you look at women? How do you see yourself as a woman? You know, where do you feel your power has been snuffed out or taken away in, in certain ways? Um, where have where have you seen your advancement be stunted? Um, and how can you make change there? And how can you connect with other people who have been through what you've been through, perhaps, and coalesce um, and and create more of a movement and not be alone in it? And so for me, from the moment I made the record ladies first, it was it wasn't about uh telling guys I don't like the way you're talking to me, which was true. Um, but it was I said, let me look at us first. Let, if we're if we're standing next to each other, they have no choice but to treat us the way we're supposed to be treated. It's always about let's connect with each other. We're stronger in numbers. When we stand up for ourselves, when we connect with each other, um the, the the system is going to have to change, you know, um, at some point. So we've we've seen the the numbers behind what happens when you hire a female director. Uh, see the diversity that occurs in the hiring practices behind the lens. And so one person at one person can make a big difference. I I can attest to that. Um, being a person who's gotten to the point in her career where she could decide who was hired and not. I made sure that anyone producing a film for me actively sought a diverse group of people. But if I did not make sure that it was done, then the same people would have been hired again. And again. And again. And I would have looked out past that camera and seen a bunch of people who did not look like the America I know, which is very diverse. You know, so I, you know, I think we can do it one step, you know, one step at a time. But this is this is one way to do it. Whatever you can affect to change it, you have to do something.
0: It was NYC Women Filmmakers that put out a quote this week that said, "Film and media is one of the most powerful ways the country can disseminate white supremacy to the world." We often forget the power of film and media. We consider it entertainment, but it's much more than that. It's a, it's a tool to fight systemic problems, and
1: it's a tool to promote them. You know, so we have to we have to realize. That uh, you know, you can use that same. You can use media to promote those terrible ideas. You know, you say, "Hey, somebody robbed me today," but then you put up a picture of the person who did not rob you, um, and you you show that they're a person of color. Then you, if your volume is down, you think, "Oh, a robbery happened. Oh, that guy did it." See, that's the ways that things you know kind of seep into your brain in the wrong ways. But we. Me as a person of color would make sure that that story would not, was not told that way. If I was the one producing that segment of the news, I would make sure that it did not happen that way. That it was told more accurately, you know. Um, and so, when when as a young female rapper traveling the world and seeing uh, how we were portrayed around the world and how even how rap was portrayed, I, I felt like I always had to explain to reporters from different countries. What our experience is like, and I had to make sure that I was uh, me, you know, a young, articulate woman from North New Jersey, who was intelligent and and had no problem explaining my position. But it felt like I had to speak for everyone because the media had had us looking crazy around the world, you know. So when you do, when you have an opportunity to to um, give a young woman, a, or not even a young woman a woman of color um, or a woman, period, an opportunity to tell her story, she can tell it in a more accurate way and a more real way. And she's probably going to tell a story that would not be told if she weren't in that position. And that's what we've done with with the Queen Collective this year. For our our second year, we have Tangled Roots, which tells the story of a legislator trying to uh, introduce um, uh, legislation against hair discrimination uh she's a legislator, she's a mother, and uh she's someone who who wants to to make sure that her daughter feels positive and 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 strong and happy about her image, but that that's not torn down at the workplace that she has to change her hair to perform her job or be discriminated against for that um and we tell the story of, and we have our, 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 our second film, which is uh, is um, called Gloves Off, which tells a story of a young black female police officer who really wants to be a professional boxer and the discrimination she's encountered and how uh, growing up and even seeing things like brutality in her neighborhood made her wanna become a part of the solution um, and how timely this is. And this was shot way before it was happening. Um, But I think it's important that we see these two stories, having rewatched them again, they're even more relevant now because you get to see what the challenges are of introducing a bill in your state house, which is mostly white men, and how difficult it is to even get them to hear something that is important to you and is affecting you. Um, And... It's it's a glimpse into our political process as well, which is perfect that people see right now and see how important it is for them to be involved in our political process. You know what I mean? Uh, From someone who comes from the community, so I I think these are really powerful stories um, that we're going to show on BET on the thirteenth.
0: Yeah. So just to um, amplify that, BET Networks, June thirteenth, nine p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's when gloves off and tankler roots will be premiering. Very exciting. Queen, I'd love to explore a little bit about your background. This show' is about money. I know you like to talk about money. you're not shy when you talk about My house
1: and beautiful and there's, house. And this is some whiskey and there's some brandy. Yes. But I
0: so this so is money. Um, so <laughs> money. Um, so first question let's let's talk about wealth. Um, I'm running this episode it, coincidentally, it's on this show we're doing Black Wealth Matters, a series where I want to really amplify the stories of black individuals who have exhibited financial and career success. How did they do it? What were the challenges? What were the things that they wish they had known? First question I'd love to you know hear you talk about is your relationship with money. What does wealth mean to you as your career has changed or evolved over time i I'm just curious. I know you told Forbes that, you know, checks will come, but you need to focus on work that is um, worth it, meaning that it's worth the time. So when you think about your personal wealth, how would you define that? What is, what is the pursuit?
1: Oh my God, that is such a big question. Yes, and we have 60 seconds.
0: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so, um, I
1: think wealth number one starts with, uh, for me, uh, my idea of what family and friends are. So my wealth is a, is a emotional wealth and, and family wealth is important to me in that sense. Um, financial wealth then springs from that. What can I do to in, in, enhance the lives of my family, my friends? Um, and, you know, I think it's important to get to, to, for young people to receive an an education about how finance works. I didn't, for, for my family, it was about uh, my mom. Open, I remember my bank book and my mom opened in a savings account for my brother and I as kids. And we got to put a little bit in that bank book and look at what was in our savings account. And Then you grow up and you realize, wait, that's not the account that we should have had this money in. You know, we should have had it in a different account that was earning interest or so we should have maybe been investing. But we didn't know. And so I think financial literacy literacy is really important. Uh, for creating black wealth. Um, I think for us to understand the power of our dollar and to make sure companies respect our spending and respect our dollar and reinvest in us is very important as well because that way the money keeps going around. And I think, um, uh, you know, just kind of having a plan in terms of what your goals are and what you would like to accomplish You know, I feel like some of the greed that we see and and the reason we can't spread the wealth out a bit is because there's no out for a lot of the, the people who are making a lot of money. There's no enough. There's no goal. The goal is to keep making money and making money. But that's like a hamster on a wheel. You know what I mean? There has to be some end game that. You say, okay, what do I need to to make sure my family is good, to make make sure I'm good, um, that that my community's good, or the things that I want to invest in in life, or you know, I can I can always support this organization or that. If those are the goals that you have for your life, then those are the things that you can work towards. And then you say, okay, I'm, at this age. I want to kind of just hang out and and not have to work. Well, then now you got a goal. You got something to work towards. But if you just like working to work, I'm not with that. You know what I mean? Um, that's just me. I'm only speaking for myself, but I, I don't want to work just to work. And, you know, I want to I want my work to be worth it. Yes, because I'm, I'm putting my life's energy into this. And I want the time that I spend away from my family and my friends to be worth it. I want to be doing a job that fulfills me, makes me feel happy that even when the hours are long and I'm exhausted, I leave there like, yeah, that was a good day's work. You know what I mean? And and I like that feeling, you know? So I think it's important for people to, to make sure they're in careers or they're going for careers or creating careers that they feel good about you know, that, that are worth the time that they are, are are spending. So they're not wearing it like this, you know, they're wearing it like this, you know. Um, those are just a few, just a few of the things. And and you got to kind of watch the money. Unfortunately, as I started making money at a young age. At what 17. was your first job? What was
0: your first job?
1: Well, my first job was at Burger King at 15. Um, I made minimum wage, <laughs> um, but I was excited to see that first check. My first check was for like $87 and some change. And it meant that I got to like spend some money, but also give my mom some money, contribute to the household. You know, Mm -hmm. it was cool. 15 is great for a first job. It's a lot of
0: burgers. You know,
1: (laughs) and I was the one flipping them. I wasn't on the register. I was flipping burgers. So my second job was at a, a record store called The Wiz. And I was selling my own record, like it was vinyl at that time and I was seven years old when my first single came out and people would come in the store and ask for my record. And it was like, you know, that's me, right? It would be funny, you know, and they're like, huh? This is you? I'm like, yeah. You want me to sign it for you? It was kind of a joke. I'm 17, you know? And then I started college at uh, BMCC, Borough Manhattan Community College. And then I left school. I left because I was like, this record is, these records are starting to play on the radio and I'm starting to get shows offers and I need to really focus my attention on this career, this rap career, and I'm going to put everything I have into it. So I had a conversation with my mom. I said, mom, mom I want to take a year off from college and I'm going to put hundred percent into this career, this rap thing. And if it doesn't work, I promise you, I'll go back to school.
0: That must have and been a was that a tough conversation? Because a lot of parents want to see their kids just stick with college. They're not as risk, you know, taking as as the as their children may be.
1: Well, I don't. It was not as tough a conversation uh, because my mother knew me. You know, my mother knows her kids, and she's always seen. She's watched this develop in me. She introduced me to the DJ who would become my producer, as a matter of fact, because my mother was a, a high school teacher. Um, and a class advisor show. So when they had like fundraisers, she hired the DJs for the party, you know. And and that DJ went on to be my first producer. And so I think my mother was just in touch with the pulse of of the youth and what was going on, and she encouraged and supported, you know, the youth. And my partner Shakim, uh, she she he was one of her students as well. So. She got what was happening. She saw this thing happening probably the way rock and roll happened, you know, in her day or folk music or, you know, the Beatles or, you know, uh, the Jacksons or something. You know, she 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 saw what was happening. So she agreed. She said, OK, you know, I'll let you get this year off. But, you know, you had to go to college in my house or work. You weren't just going to hang out. There was no. Yeah, no chilling. You know, we're either going to school, we're working, we're doing something. So, um. And I took that year off and I and I never looked back. Actually, um, everything became a success. We opened up our own management company. We managed some of the top gold and platinum acts of our time, um, and my mother was there every step of the way with that. You know, and she was the one who actually opened up uh, my first uh, account with Merrill Lynch. She, she opened up accounts for my partner and I both, and, and and was like, "Oh no, we need to make sure your money is over here." So <laughs> again, yes. she's. She helped us out.
0: How did you know who to trust? How did you know which advice to take? So much of, um, especially in in your business, in your industry, there's a lot of people that um, fall victim, right, to scams and mismanagement of money and bad deals. And how did you stay above that?
1: I didn't stay above that. We went through that. Mm. You know what I mean? We went through that. We we, we didn't get an education in rap. And we didn't, you know... uh, we were learning on the job. We kind of, this was on the job training for us. We had some mentors around the business who helped us out with a lot of things, but yeah, I had to fire my first accountant because, uh, you know, I went to meet with them and there was no money in the bank. You know, it was like all of these checks had been written out to this and that and everything. And they were signing these things and I I had no money. So needless to say, I fired that guy and that company. And it took a minute to find the right person, and so I eventually found uh, a great uh, accountant and and an honest person who's who just had some character and smarts, and 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 we've been together for years. Um, uh, so that was I was very fortunate to finally you know find someone, and I actually found it through one of my one of our artists that we represented, as well as my attorney. I found it through one of our artists that we represented. So. Um, you know, we took some bumps and bruises and I've taken bumps and bruises through the years trying to manage things and learning. I had to sign all my own checks and not leave things in other people's hands because they get away from you and you realize you're working, but you're not like watching where everything is going, you know, and, and and it can get away from you. Um, so, you know, you just have to pay attention to it. You know, you have to pay attention to it and, um,
0: fire fast,
1: (laughs) fire Fire fast, quick, Quick and move on. Find somebody with some, with some, uh, you know, find somebody with some character because it, it, it's hard to find. But hopefully, if that's what the goal is, you know, you, you hold on to them.
0: Queen Latifah, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the Queen is- Collective. Uh, we wish you and the artists so much a continued success and be safe out there.
1: Yes, and let us know what you think about it and join us. Actually, support us. We want to get some more female directors out there. So feel free to. I'm calling on all of the business community yes. to join us and support the Queen Collective.
0: Thanks so much to Queen Latifah for joining us. For the full transcript of our conversation, head over to com. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to So Money. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, a fresh episode delivering financial advice and stories straight from the most successful people on the planet. Check out somoneypodcast.com. Black Wealth Matters continues.